In the beginning, darkness covered the earth. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. The true light, which gives light to everyone, came into the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. It is a light for the lost, the searching and the seeking. A light for the darkest valley. A light to drive out fear, even in the shadow of death. When we believe in the light, we become children of the light. It shines in us, through us. If we walk in the light, if we let it shine before others, we become a city on a hill, the light of the world. When we let his word light our path, others will follow. We become a beacon of hope to a world in darkness. Our lives reflect the glory of his resurrection. He makes us a light for the nations so his salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Let there be light. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Good morning, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us, and thank you so much for tuning in. Um, wherever you are, welcome, welcome, welcome. So we're in the second message of a series we've started called Foundations, and we've been looking at the book of John, chapter 1, and more specifically, John chapter 1 from verse 1 to 18, and uh, those verses speak specifically about who Jesus is. And if you watched last week, you would remember that um, Richard spoke about the first verse, which says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And Rich taught us that Jesus himself is the Word and speaks on behalf of God. So we're going to be looking at John chapter 1 today, specifically verse 1, verse 5 to 7. But before we get into that, I want to share a quick story with you. So a couple of months ago, I couldn't fall asleep. My family was all sleeping, and I thought to myself, am I going to go binge watch something on Netflix, or am I going to go pray? So I chose the spiritual option, and I went to go pray. So I went outside into my garden, stood on my deck, and I just started praying. I was under the stars. It was a beautiful night, and I remember thinking about church. I remember thinking about where the church is at today worldwide. I remember thinking about specific church congregations. I remember driving through my area. I live in Durban North. Um, remember driving through my area and looking at all these little churches, many of them completely closed down. Some of them had been bought up by businesses, and, and many of them were just not thriving. So that evening, as I was sitting under the stars, I was praying, and I remember feeling a feeling of frustration. I remember thinking of, of the early church. We read about the early church in the book of Acts and how, what a powerful, transformative movement the early church was. And I remember feeling slightly frustrated just looking around in my area, seeing how many churches were not thriving or didn't actually look like that early church. And I started praying. And I, I started praying and I asked God to sort of bring revival and it was a really cool time of prayer. 
And then at some stage, I sort of felt in my spirit like God was saying to me, what do you see? And then I must be honest, there wasn't much to see. It was dark. I could see my, my deck. I could see a little pool of water, which I call my pool. It's actually just a small little jacuzzi. It, was not, it wasn't much to see. And then I just forgot about it. And I kept praying, kept interceding. And then I heard for a second time, what do you see? And I looked around again. And I was like, I see leaves. I see a tree, but I can barely make out. Um, and then I once again thought it was just my mind playing tricks on me. And honestly, a third time I heard it. And I thought, maybe this is God. Maybe this isn't just my mind playing tricks on me. So I just decided to pause and I looked around and I was like, okay, cool, Lord, what do I see? The clearest thing I could see are the stars and the moon. It was a full moon that night and um, I said, well, Lord, I see stars. Then I just started contemplating and looking at these stars and um, I remember reading at that stage, I read through the whole gospel of John and I remember reading things about light. So I thought, okay, cool, these stars in the sky, it looks like lights. And then I just started thinking about these stars. Some of them looked like they were shining bright obviously because they were closer or they were bigger or whatever, but it looked like it was shining bright and then some of them, it were dim. They weren't shining as brightly. And then I looked at the moon, this giant ball of light or reflector, but this giant ball of light and, and it gave the most light that evening because it was a full moon. And then I felt like it represented the church for me or not, not us, the church, congregation. It felt like it represented inst the institution and as I saw these dimly lit stars, felt like I was looking at some of the little buildings in my area that had been bought up by businesses and weren't functioning or shining a light at all. And then I remember thinking, Lord, I wish that the church, every single church in the world could just shine like that bright star, so this bright star, Lord, just shine like that. And then I thought, no, 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 Lord, imagine if every single church could just be like the moon, I mean, that's the, the biggest light I could see right now. Imagine if every church can just shine like the moon. And as I thought about this more and more and more, I remembered that the sun, bright shining star, when it comes up in the morning, it completely drives out all the darkness. And it felt to me in that moment like God was reminding me of a passage that I read in John chapter 1. From verse five, it says this. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. So we heard last week that, that Rich said that Jesus is the word. John said that Jesus is the word. And today, John, what John is saying to us in verse five is that Jesus is also the light. And when this light shines, it will drown out all of the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. What I love about this passage is that Jesus actually confirms this truth in, in John chapter eight. John chapter eight, verse 12, Jesus is speaking and he says, um, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but have the light of life. So John says Jesus is the light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world and you will never walk in darkness if you follow me. And um, if, if you look at this verse in, in chapter eight, you've got to consider chapter seven because chapter, this verse in chapter eight is almost irrelevant, irrelevant if you don't understand what happened in, in John chapter seven. So they were celebrating the feast of tabernacles. 
There was a bunch of beautiful things that happened in this feast. Um, one of the things they did was they built these temporary huts or temporary homes or little tents. And this whole festival was a reminder of their time in the wilderness. That the 40 years they spent wandering through the wilderness. And if you remember that story, so Israel were just set free. They were, they were slaves in Egypt. God just set them free. Then they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. But what God did was at night, he gave them a fire in the sky, which gave them light. They would, whenever this light would move, they would move with it. And by day, there would be a pillar of cloud. So God gave them shade and protected them and, and also guided them. So when this cloud moved, the whole of Israel would move with it. And during the Feast of the Tabernacles, they would erect these giant candelabras in the temple when the temple was still standing. And this temple was on a hill. So when this, these fires or these giant candles were lit at night, it represented that time in, his, uh, in the wilderness. And it reminded them what happened during the season. So now when Jesus says in John chapter 8 verse 12, I am the light of the world. John chapter one says he is the true light. Everyone knows what he's talking about because they just came out of the feast of the tabernacles. So Jesus is saying, you were celebrating, you were burning these lights, but in fact, I am that light and I am the true light. Now, what does that actually mean? I remember like, growing up as a Christian, I'm going into church and people would say, Jesus is the light of the world. He stepped down into darkness and it was, we sang all these songs and it was beautiful. And then one day I thought, what does that actually mean? What is Jesus saying when he says, I am the light of the world? Does it mean he's like physically a light walking around shining in the darkness? Wouldn't that be great in South Africa with all the power cuts? But we know it's not a physical light, eh? We know it has a spiritual meaning. So I wanna look at some of those spiritual meanings today. I love the connection. I love the connection between natural light and Jesus being the light. So let me give you an example of this. So, so natural light is pure. It's extremely pure. It's so pure, in fact, that no impurity can defile it. It can pass through the most dangerous gases without being tainted. So natural light is extremely, extremely pure. And I think that's one of the reasons Jesus called himself the light, because he himself was extremely pure. In fact, he was perfect, Scripture says. In Matthew chapter four, we read that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted verse one says. So, so the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the desert, into the wilderness. He was gonna fast for 40 days and 40 nights. And scripture says he went there to be tempted. Okay, we're speaking about Jesus being pure, Jesus being the light of the world. So here comes temptation. The light shines in this darkness, shines through this, shines through this poisonous gas. And yet not once did Jesus surrender to the temptation. So Jesus is the light of the world and he's pure and holy and then scripture says he dwells in us. And I think it's because Jesus dwells in us that when the day I became a Christian, something changed in me. I started desiring different things. So let me give you an example. I, when I was still in high school, 
I worked at a at a this place where you jump on trampolines and they shoot you into the air, like eight meters in the air with, with an elastic band and a harness. But we were stationed at Ushaka Marine World. And and I'd actually I just got an over working for this place, so I resigned. And they got a new guy in my place, and, and some of my friends were still working then. And one day we just went to go visit them. So I connect with my old friends and I meet this new guy. And my friend tells me, dude, you won't believe this new guy. He says, this oak rocks up on day one, and he says, guys, all of you, this new guy says to my friends, guys, all of you are idiots. He says, I've been here for one day, and I've worked out how I can take at least half of the money coming into this place. And I remember thinking, (laughs) we got paid like 150 rand a day, which wasn't a lot. I remember thinking, this guy must be super tempted. I wonder if he'll actually follow through. And the weeks after that, these oaks literally, my friends and friends included, they started taking money from this business. Eventually it closed down because they didn't make any money. But I saw as these guys lined their pockets. And I remember thinking, it's so weird that I no longer desire to do this. I'm not saying I'm not getting tempted. I'm not saying I wouldn't have been tempted when I was in this space. I'm not saying I wouldn't have sinned in that space. But what I'm saying is something changed inside of me when the light came and dwelt in me. And that's the same reason why you may feel that you want to be different. You might not be different yet, but your desire is to be more like Christ. And I believe it's because the light, Jesus, dwells in you. Another characteristic of light is that light is gentle. Light is so gentle, in fact, that it travels at 300 million meters a second. So that's quick. So 300 million meters a second, but its wavelets break so gently that it fails to shake the drop from a blade of grass. And I think that's why Jesus refers to himself as light because he is gentle. There was this incident where just before Jesus was crucified and Jesus and all of his disciples were in this garden, Judas, the betrayer, brought a whole group of people and he was gonna betray Jesus that night. So he steps up to Jesus, kisses him, which was the signal that this was the man who Judas led them to, who led the revolution. And Peter responds with aggression. He pulls out his sword and he cuts off the ear of the high priest. And I love Jesus' response here. He says to Peter, Bud, put down your sword. Because those who live by the sword will die by the sword. And then he picks up this high priest's ear and heals him, put the ear, puts the ear back on his head and heals him. And then Jesus responds to Peter and he says, Do you not know? that at my call, I can call up to 12 legions of angels if I wanted to. But because he is the light of the world, and light is gentle, Jesus chooses to display that same gentleness even just before he was betrayed or even during his betrayal. This is an extremely powerful message for you and I. I remember growing up or becoming a Christian, the church I belonged to, taught me that you better not make a mistake. Because if you become a Christian, you make a mistake and you sin, you can't go to heaven anymore. At the end of your life is gonna be this giant scale and, and if you did enough good works, fantastic. But if your bad works, your sins outweighs the good works, unfortunately, you go to hell. 
And then there was this message that you better be perfect because if you're not perfect, you will go to hell. That's not the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is all of your sins has been placed on Jesus. God, the creator of the universe, unleashed his wrath for your sin on the body of Jesus when he was crucified. We no longer have to have this picture of a God who's angry and aggressive and tries to find you and zap you at every corner, constantly trying to find where you sinned and send you to hell, and then you're gonna go to heaven and then send you to hell. That's not the message of Jesus. The message of the gospel is this. Jesus is pure, so pure in fact that he was pure on our behalf and was crucified and punished so we don't have to be. And then he displays love and gentleness to you and I. Another characteristic of, of light is that light reveals, light reveals. So the purpose of light is not to be seen. We don't turn on the light so we can look at the beautiful rays of the light. The purpose of light is not to be seen. It is the very mechanism by which all things are seen. I'm gonna say that again. The purpose of light is not to be seen and enjoyed. The purpose of light in fact, light is the very mechanism by which all things are seen. C.S. Lewis um, writes in a book called God in the Dock. He writes a meditation or a story it's called Meditation in the Toolshed. And um, he says he found himself in a dark shed. He says the light was shining outside but it was dark inside the shed. And he says, as he looked up, you could see a beam of light shining into the shed through a crack on the door. He says, it lit up nothing else. You could see the beam of light and some of the dust particles floating in it. And that's all that he could see while he was standing in the darkness. Then he says, at some stage, he moved into the light and aligned his eye with the light and looked through the crack. And what he saw was thousands and thousands of kilometers away, the sun shining brightly. And he saw beautiful trees and leaves, but he was only able to see the beauty that the light provided once he himself stepped into the light. It's possible, very possible, to stand and look at the light and visually see the light beams. But it's only once you step into the light that we see the true beauty that the light wants to reveal. Light reveals, light illuminates. There's this guy in the Bible called Saul. Um, he was a religious fanatic. And he persecuted Christians wherever he could. So he would find them, he would capture them, send them to prison. And in Acts chapter two, he actually says he persecuted them to death. So this guy was on a mission. He was on this road to a place called Damascus. And one day, scripture says in, in Acts chapter nine, on this road, all of a sudden, he was completely surrounded by light. Then he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then Saul responded, who are you, Lord? And then Jesus says, that is me, I am Jesus. Why do you persecute me? Scripture says that in that moment, Saul was blinded, completely blinded. What I love about that moment is that Saul, before that moment, was blinded anyway. He was in this shed looking at this beam of light, not understanding who or what it was, completely blinded. 
But then physically, when he was blinded, when the actual physical light was removed from him, it was in that moment that he was illuminated. Three days later, Scripture says one of Jesus' disciples, Jesus actually sent him to Saul, went over to him, laid hands on him, and then he healed him. Scripture says it's something like scales fell off his eyes. Instantly, but Scripture says he got up and he went to the temple and started preaching the message of Jesus. So what happened for Saul here was Jesus himself shone his light, revealed the truth about our eternal life and our spiritual state to Saul. It was completely transformed. In fact, he took on the name of Paul. Something interesting, some scholars say that Saul made, he might actually have owned both those names. Saul was his Jewish name, some scholars say, but Paul was his Roman name. He then took on this name of Paul because he was a Christian now. He was no longer persecuting believers as Saul. And this guy was completely transformed because Jesus revealed and illuminated who he was to him. Maybe Jesus has revealed himself to you and you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I believe Jesus wants to continuously illuminate his will to you. I wanna wrap this up. When John wrote this book, he wrote, this, he wrote it with the intent, especially from verse one to verse 18, to show who Jesus was. We learned that he is the word. He speaks on behalf of God. In fact, he is God and speaks as God. We also learned that he is the light of the world. So the question is, any preacher asks himself after, at the end of a message, what's the application? What's the application of this message? What do we actually do with the fact that Jesus is the light of the world? The truth is, when you learn something about someone, let me give you an example. My, my father here on earth, my, my, my dad, because I know him, because I know stuff about him, I know how he is, I know his character, I know how he responds, and because I know who he is, I respond in a certain way as well. Because Jesus is the word and speaks to you, that means because we know this, we can respond to that message that God wants to speak to me through Jesus, which can change my life. If we know that Jesus is the light of the world, that means that Jesus wants to illuminate in my spirit the truth about who he is. If we know that Jesus is gentle, I know that he's not angry at me all the time. If I know that the light illuminates, I know that God will reveal himself to me. But let me give you an application anyway, because I believe there is an application. Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and the darkness will not overcome it. And then scripture says that Jesus dwells in us, which means the light is in us. And because the light is in us, Jesus says in Matthew 5, verse 16, in the same way, remember Jesus is the light shining light, in the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Because Jesus is light, we have to let our lights shine. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for scripture. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Bible. But thank you most of all, Lord, that Jesus, you are the word of God and that you are God and that you speak to us. I pray for every single person listening to this message that you would illuminate your truth in their lives. Pray that you would reveal the truth about who you are to those who are far from you. Lord, and I pray that because you dwell in us, that you would help us 
let our light shine so that the world may glorify you because you shine through us. In Jesus' name, amen.